This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And welcome to The Obsessive Viewer, where a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find more of our work at ObsessiveViewer.com. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at Facebook.com slash The Obsessive Viewer. You can also, if you're in Indianapolis, go to Shocktober and Irvington on October 12th. Please, dear God, come to Shocktober and Irvington. Um, that's October 12th, 2018 at the Playground Production Studios in Irvington. Uh, you can find more information as well as a link to buy tickets at shocktoberinirvington.com. Shocktober and Irvington is a one-night event screening of short horror films from local filmmakers. And we host Q&As with the filmmakers after each screening. We raffle off prizes and gift cards to Irvington businesses. All the proceeds go to benefit the Irvington Historical Society. It's our fifth year doing it, and it's always a blast. So go to shocktoberinirvington.com for more details and for a link to buy tickets. And finally, uh, as always, this episode is sponsored by Horror Movie Yearbook and the Midwest Podcast Network. You can find Horror Movie Yearbook at hmyearbook.com on Twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com. They're a great podcast that discusses horror movies, judging from the uh, year of release and contextualizing them with the uh, pop culture and current events of the year of release. So once again, find them at HM Yearbook on Twitter and at horrormovieyearbook.com. And yes, so today... On the podcast, I have Mr. Robert Feckis. Hello. Hello. How's it going? It is going well. How are you? I'm doing well. I was worried because you just had to sit there awkwardly as I go through my whole spiel, as you always do. But yeah. It's like listening yeah. to the podcast. It, it is. It <laughs> is. It's like listening to a live version of the podcast, which everyone can do at Shocktober Norrington. Boom. Yes. And I've been a few times. It is actually really fun. Yes. I'm super excited for it. And, and thank there you. there's alcohol this yes. year. I forgot to mention that. We are going to have a cash bar courtesy of uh, our friends over at Geeking in Indiana. Um, yeah, so and also give them some love. Uh, uh, follow Tony at Indiana Geeking. He's a great guy, and uh, they do great stuff over there. So, um, yeah, and we have some really cool prizes. Like, I have a box full. Well, oh, are those the prizes? So far, yes. So I've got, uh, like... Five or six uh, pop figures. A lot of Tickle Me Elmos in there. Yeah, well, you, well, sure. Yeah, you know, you got to appeal to the kids that are going to be scarred for life. <laughs> um, I've got a bunch of Funko Pops. I'm actually going to rattle them off and see, tell you guys what what we'll be raffling off. We've got uh, the Demogorgon from Stranger Things, Funko Pop. We've got Norman Bates from Psycho. We've got Pennywise from It with the spider legs which is super cool. Uh, we also have got Eddie Kasprak from It, and finally Jack Torrance from The Shining. Those are the Funko Pops. We also have two copies of the paperback edition of Stephen King's Night Shift, which is his first published collection of short stories, of which one of them is The Man Who Loved Flowers, which we should hopefully be screening an adaptation of uh, The Man Who Loved Flowers, courtesy of Cameron Grimm and Five After Five Productions. So that's going to be super exciting. And then also we have a Blu-ray copy of The Shining because it's The Shining. Um, and uh, also, this is super exciting and cool. Um, if you 
are familiar with last year or the year before's uh, Shocktober in Irvington, we screened a, we kind of closed those two years out with a screening of a short film from the witching season, which is a group of people in, I think, Utah who do, who they create, you know, in a, a horror anthology that is currently you can find the witching season on Amazon Prime Video and they're currently in the process of uh filming their first feature length movie which is amazing but uh we will be giving away a, an autographed blu-ray of the uh witching season which is a collection of the I think six short films from them so that's going to be exciting we're going to have more prizes to announce in the coming weeks but but yeah so I'm super excited for everyone to go to Shocktober Irvington so yeah, yeah, I do get uh, I do get emails every time someone buys tickets. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Kind of notice that you know you're you're on. Um, say I can't get Robert the night Vegas, off. Oh seriously, yeah. you're not gonna make it? I, oh that sucks. I know. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I guess I guess protecting the streets of a certain town in a certain state uh, takes precedence over, I suppose. You know, yeah. Well, that's fine. Stupid. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. I mean, I think you should really, I, uh, you know, yeah. I was, was kind of close. Yeah. So. <laughs> Jeez. Then you can finally get like, in addition to your arm tattoos, you can get face tattoos. In yes. Your finally. Exactly. Like that one guy that has uh, 69 on his face. That seems really awesome. Well, that's a weird way to talk about me in the, <laughs> when I'm in the room. Well, you know, it's just, I, I feel like it needs to be brought out in the open now. You just never <laughs> talk about it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's an audio podcast. No one knows the- <laughs> Good point. Uh, but no, I have, did someone really have a 69? Yeah. He's a rapper. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. I don't know much about him. It's just, uh, he just looks like a, hillbilly skittle okay okay nice i was gonna say i i don't uh not a big fan of rap music not there uh, I, I it's just not my type of music but like my what was is it is his name 69 cent it, <laughs> uh, i think his name is actually 69 though i'm googling oh. him right now uh googling 69 yeah <laughs> well, that'll, okay that'll... it's 69 takashi 69 and okay. uh, let me just pull up a picture of this uh, delightful gentleman. Oh, <laughs> uh, hillbilly skittle, am I right? Yeah, I. You know, honestly, when you said hillbilly skittle, honestly, I I laughed along with it, but I was like, "What the fuck is he talking about, skittle?" But that makes now sense. Now I understand. Yes, that makes sense. I was not expecting that. No, nor would okay. anyone that would meet a person. Wow, wow. Well, I'm gonna. I mean, I guess if it if it works for him, I mean that's more power to him. Yeah, well, I'm gonna good, get good for him. Ov tattooed on my head. That's a good idea. Right, 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 right. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Get some extensions. Yep. Oh yeah. Be a good um, look for you, Matt. No, thank you. I, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. Um, but anyway, uh, I feel like there should be news that we can go over and everything. By the way, today on the podcast, it's actually a special episode. So, um, we are going to be reviewing Vanilla Sky from 2001, I believe. Yes. Yes, with Tom Cruise, uh, directed by Cameron Crowe. And the reason is because, uh, one of our Patreon subscribers, uh, Robert, uh, uh Garter from Utah, actually, he, uh, suggested it. So, and it's, <laughs> I, like, I say Patreon subscriber, but he, he is actually, he's actually, uh, briefly stopped his Patreon patronage. Um, which, uh, like I was kind of relieved in a weird way, 
Um, which is a weird thing to say because to say I'm relieved I was when relieved. People... I was tired of this man <laughs> being generous. Yes, I was relieved when someone stopped giving me money. Yeah. Um, but the reason is because he actually had the reward tier that had uh um uh he he gets to pick a bonus review for me to do on anthology. Um, uh, so you ne- you gotta or, you gotta pay up. Yeah, well that's the thing. Like, um, so like I'm calling this a Patreon supporter episode, even though technically he's not. He just DM'd me and was like, "Hey, uh, I hope you guys review Octo or Vanilla Sky." <laughs> 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 um, or uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. So I was I was kind of relieved when I saw that he had canceled the Patreon because. I'm so far behind on the anthology and like, I felt so bad that like he's paying me money for stuff that I'm not delivering yet. So was vanilla uh, sky going to be on anthology then? Um, no, maybe eventually I think, but uh, we didn't have any firm plans on it. Uh, like he, like he didn't, he didn't suggest it as a Patreon one for anthology. He just kind of uh, DM'd me a couple or about a week ago and just said like, Oh, Hey, I just watched vanilla, vanilla sky again. And he and I have talked a little bit about vanilla sky, um, and so he just, he just really wanted me to see it. And he was, he was actually like, how much do I have to like donate for? I probably, I don't know if I should say this, but yeah. he was like, how much, do, how much should I, uh, how much, uh, would I be able to donate to get you guys to review Vanilla Sky? And I'm like, you know, $1 man, million dollars. uh, this one is pro bono because <laughs> I am so far behind. Cause I owe you. Yeah. He could probably take his so, quote on that. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Yeah, Your Honor, it is. Uh, he owes me a yeah. podcast. Yeah, I mean, I would, but well, go to Patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're not gonna go to Sharktober in Irvington, yeah. I mean, just saying. <laughs> and that goes for everyone else. If you're not gonna go to Sharktober in <laughs> Irvington, go to Patreon. Um, uh, but yeah, so so yeah, so that's why we're we're, we're reviewing Vanilla Sky. Um, I'm super excited because this is the movie. This is a movie that I watched when I was in high school, but I didn't remember hardly any of it. This so. was a first time for me. Nice. So nice, and we will get to that. But I know yeah. that there's got to be some news. Oh, there's news. Oh, okay. The uh, a few days ago, did you see? Disney and Marvel announced that as of right now, they're halting production on Guardians I, 3. I did see that. And that's after they had a meeting with like the head of Disney or something with, uh, with James Gunn. Yeah. Like that was just basically saying like, yeah, we're, yeah, he's not getting rehired. Like it's official. Right. He's not coming. I, I, I didn't expect them to backtrack on that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fully expect them and still expect them to utilize his script, mm-hmm. but it's just, I can't believe that they've halted production. Me too. Now I know we're we're talking like early stages production, uh, mm-hmm. but still, I think and, that, and no time frame. I think that they were in deep pre-production, like they were almost prepared to start shooting, well, like start production soon. Um, so I think what I what I kind of uh, assume, and again, this is just. Complete, like, I have no. You have no inside, inside track knowledge. Marvel. Yeah. Um, well, my assumption is that they may be, uh, by putting it on hold, they're either going to, I don't think that, I don't know if they'd scrap it. God, that would be such would a be big horrible. mistake. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, not even just, yes, horrible because that yeah. is now a beloved, uh, franchise mm-hmm. within the Marvel universe, but, um, just a financial mistake oh, on their part. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's guaranteed cash right mm-hmm. there for them. 
I mean, it doesn't matter if they go out and they get, I don't know, fucking Brian De Palma. Right. As the, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It, people are going to go see Guardians 3. Yeah. Even oh, without yeah. James Gunn. Now, it, I am extremely sad that James Gunn will not be directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm very on the fence about Disney's decision on that. Really? I see, am. I'm pretty firm no, I, I, no, against I, I listen it. to yeah. your guys' podcast, and I think that you mm-hmm. guys make a lot of good points. Okay. It's... In this climate right now, I, I don't, I can't. Say, my my whole thing is, if those tweets and those words had come off, come out of somebody else's mouth, mm-hmm. I, I think that certain people would not get the same amount of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Support, Support. as James Gunn did. Yeah, I and can definitely see that. So. I, I, like if Roseanne Barr, <laughs> Ro, you know, there's a number of people that are on the other side of politics that mm-hmm. had those words coming out of their mouth. I don't see people being equally as supportive, right? And so because of that, I kind of get it. Yeah, you know, Disney has to be somewhat, uh, kind of in the middle on this. Sure. So I, I can see where they're coming from. Now, I don't like it. I think if gun to my head, mm-hmm. I would say it's not a fireable offense. I, I don't think that he should have been fired for it. James but, gun to your head. <laughs> ah, I like that. <laughs> Thank <That's> you. Good. <laughs> but that doesn't mean I don't get where Disney's coming from. Yeah. And it is, it is a tricky thing there. And I totally see your point that, uh, it is kind of, it could be somewhat of a double standard that, you know, if, if someone from the other side of the aisle, the more fucked up side, if they were to. <laughs> Let's keep politics out tweet, of the podcast. Okay. Yes. Yes. The, uh, the totally sane side of it that's totally clear. Anyway, um, they, if they said something similar and then, uh, like, yeah, you, the people that are the people on the left would, would be calling for the head if someone on the right. right had had made these same types of jokes. Right. However, I think that the kind of delineation here is that, or the the thing to kind of keep in mind is that he made the jokes well before he was hired by Disney, and also those tweets were dug up specifically from. I I understand. Paul right. I, yeah. I, I understand that entirely. Mm-hmm. But they have been dug up. That's true. Yeah. Okay. You know, and I don't think this is an equal comparison, mm-hmm. but Kevin Spacey's thing took mm-hmm. place 30 years ago. That's true. But it's not an equal comparison right, because right, it's right. sexual assault. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying that that was brought up 30 years later. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Those accusations, I have no problem believing, and I don't have any problem with what has happened to Kevin Spacey's career because se- right. sexual assault is unforgivable. Right, exactly. But, but I'm just using it as kind of a loose parallel. Sure, kind of a, a more close, a closer thing, to, a closer parallel to draw would be when Trevor Noah was announced as the replacement yes, for that the Daily also Show. Also, a- yeah, he had he had some uh, slightly anti-Semitic jokes. I think I think, uh, I think they were about uh actually uh, native Africans. Oh, okay. Like yeah. lo- looks of native Africans or something like uh, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But but yes, that, that's a good parallel as well. Yeah. It's uh but I mean case by case basis, it's something that 
I, I, yeah, it's it's a touchy thing. Like I I just think it's a bummer. It, it is a bummer, yeah. but you don't joke about child molestation, and that's and that's true. That is that is very true. And kind of the big thing is that he. Uh, okay, yeah. The the tweets for Trevor Noah was that he was. Uh, uh, accused of being an anti-Semite and sexist. Okay. Tweet, so, um, but yeah, it's, uh, and this, <laughs> this is something that's, it's, this is going to be a ridiculous comparison, not at all like the same, but like, I, I get it. Like, sure. It is kind of a pun, like anything you put out in the internet is, written in ink it's like you you can't erase it it's not well, and i think that's it'll come up that's the lesson that needs to be taken yeah. away from any of this is right nothing disappears mm-hmm. like i <laughs> so i've been re-listening to tower junkies as I, I mentioned in a previous episode just to kind of get back into the tower junkies groove of things since we we, we brought it back um <laughs> and i kind of had a, a weird thought like huh you know in like five ten years say like like in some alternate universe where like i decide to pursue a career in la writing i would never be able to adapt the dark tower (laughs) right because of how much i trashed the movie um and that would be before i became a a, uh genius uh billionaire playboy philanthropist um but but yeah, and and like that's something that I was kind of uh just it it made me more conscious of that. And it's not like not that I I don't know. I mean, I mentally trying to think if there's anything in the podcast that I can't like my employer. I but, can't imagine there's that anyone has ever yeah. said anything in any of your podcasts or someone be like that motherfucker cannot run for city council. <laughs> You know, there, right, there's right. times with with our friends mm-hmm. where we make some dark humor jokes. Yes, and that happens. It's between friends. Yeah, but I'm not putting it in the public airways, and that's what mm-hmm. people need to realize out of these situations. That when you put it on Facebook, when you put it on Twitter, Snapchat, nothing disappears. Everything's out in the public, and it can be brought up. That's absolutely true. And that, like you said, that is the lesson to learn from it. It it sucks about James Gunn, and I still think like, okay, maybe they should have, you know. Uh, just addressed it a different way or something done something different, but I like I understand the rationale of it. Disney uh, is a family oriented company. Yes, but Walt Disney. <laughs> well, first of all, um, uh, not not saying Walt Disney was the same, but a lot of the right. fun rumors everyone talks about Walt yeah. Disney are hyperbolic and sure. and or myth. Sure, like the whole anti-Semitic Nazi sympathizer. There's not a whole lot of truth to that. That all I I did some light googling, so I obviously it's you know this so obviously Wikipedia s, yeah. <laughs> so citation needed. But like I mean, there's some there's some. I think it didn't sprout up out of nowhere. I, no, I would say that. no, right. No. But it can be exact. It was exaggerated, I'm sure. And and uh, and there's you know there's been some fun pop. Yeah culture jokes come out you know family right. guys pretty heavily exactly heavy on it, and it's funny yeah uh but you know the you know over the course of you mm-hmm. know 60 some odd years mm-hmm. these sort of things kind of get blown up to more than they what they were right right not to not to say that any type of small anti-semitic mm-hmm. uh mentality is good i'm just saying that right you know 
Walt Disney wasn't marching down the middle of Berlin with a right. Nazi flag. That's true. That's true. But uh, yeah, so I agree, and it's it's just uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I it's know. a shitty situation all yeah. around because James Gunn's the perfect person to be directing this film. He is, and from what I've heard, like apparently the his script for the third one is like the best of the trilogy. I it, mean, that I'm sure it's great. You yeah. know, it, his, everything has been great so far. Mm-hmm. And my my concern is obviously the actors involved are not happy about this decision. Right. They're not going to back out because everyone's contractually obligated right. to do so, to stay in it regardless, but are they going to be putting forth their best effort? I would hope so. Right. Oh yeah. I would hope that they would just because they are they would be in fact mm-hmm portraying a script written by james gunn right so i would think that and out see, of respect for him that they would give the their best but i would i would hope so but also that kind of raises the question of if they because i mean if they do use his script or not because it's kind of tricky because a when when that happened they said that they severed their professional relationship with him so you would think like okay well he has the script completed and everything but you would think that severing the relationship the business relationship with him would mean that okay well they're not going to use the script but they've they've there's been news out there that said that he would remain a part of the project in uncertain terms so what that you know whatever that means obviously they're mm-hmm. sticking to they're not allowing him to direct but mm-hmm. He could be a liaison with the script or, right. or something to that nature. So I, I honestly, I, I don't think that they would toss the script over this. Right. Uh, I would hope not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those things we're going to have to wait and see because right now it's just, it's on hold anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so kind of weird because I know that Kevin Feige had, uh, was very outspoken about the fact that guardians three would be what would kick off phase four right, officially yeah. and it would it's it was being discussed as being the movie that will really transition the mcu into something different from what it is today and it's just weird that just in one fell swoop it's like oh okay well nix that and then uh potentially like rework it or, or yeah, get someone else to helm that like it's it'll be it's going to be yeah. a very interesting ride to mm-hmm. see how this comes to fruition so yep yep um but yeah oh i was gonna i was gonna make a point uh when you said that uh like w- there are different degrees of humor that you can uh, like i like um i think that like those tweets in particular that was from like 2012 or something or even before that. So like that's a time where like social media is is a lot more open and and rough around the edges. Yeah, like a bit. well, internet uh, in general in the last yeah. few years has gone through a really mm-hmm. weird transition. It it really has. And now it's like everyone that has any kind of public eye or is in any kind of public spotlight, they can only like uh they can only use social media as an extension of their brand like they they would have right to yeah i mean you can, you can't that. separate the two it, exactly yeah um and it's funny cuz like i like i just had a conversation with a friend of mine a couple days ago just that like um just saying like well oh oh it was this morning it was actually this morning cuz uh cuz me and Kirsten went to a stand up thing at the cat cafe in fountain square great place by the way um <laughs> i think if there are as many cats as it sounds like 
I would probably die of anaphylactic shock. It's, but it's, it would be so worth it. That oh, good. Yeah. That'd die. be a great way to die. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Quick shout out to Nine Lives Cat Cafe. Uh, they, you basically go, it's in Fountain Square. You pay like five bucks and you get to play in the cat room, which has a ton of cats that are all up for adoption. Toys and cat trees and stuff. You get to pet them and everything. That does sound, sound like a really neat it, concept. It's so cool. If you're not allergic to cats. Yeah. And there was one cat that looked exactly like pizza. And it was, it was like, oh, that, that was my favorite. Maybe it was but, a uh, Ferris Bueller thing where it was pizza and she had to race home to get here before you did. Oh my God. And there was like a lot of slow motion jumps and running through yards and. I want to make that film. <laughs> <laughs> no one else wants you to. <laughs> but anyway, Nine Lives Cat Cafe on the last Wednesday of every month, they do a stand up comedy showcase thing with a bunch of local stand up comics that they call it, uh, who's laughing meow. So yeah, so I went to that, uh, last night and it was, it was super fun. It was super funny, really great. Um, and then the next morning I was talking to a coworker of mine about it and like she had mentioned that, Oh, uh, I can never do stand up cause I'd be terrified. And like, what if people don't, don't, uh, don't think I'm funny. And then it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I was thinking about that too, because like the thought of doing stand up is terrifying because of that exact reason. Like what if they don't, they're not, what if you're starting a bit and then they don't like the audience isn't on your wavelength? Right, right, yeah. Like yeah. they, certain bits have to be in tune with certain senses of humor. Exactly. And if you're just, if you're not digging that sort of thing, then you just, and you're going to tell a two and a half minute bit. You're, that's a lot of silence exactly. for two and a half minutes. And two and a half minutes is a lot of seconds. Yeah. Um, but, and that kind of led me to think like, it's, you know, it's interesting just viewing like comedy and like your, your own comedic sensibilities. Like, like, of the people in my life, like, like with you, I can make a joke to you that I ne- wouldn't necessarily make the same kind of joke or same joke to like, uh, like Kirsten sure. or to uh, like and a coworker. With, you know, our group of friends, mm-hmm. there's a lot of jokes that we make yeah. with each other that <laughs> exactly. you just couldn't make with other company. And that's right. just cause that's our sense of humor. Exactly. It doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't no. make us sexist or anything like that. Right. It's just stupid idiots being stupid idiots exactly. and we have fun with it. Yeah. But if you put it on the internet, right, yeah. it's there forever. And then, you know, yeah, that can come And then you uh, get taken off of the directorial uh, process of Guardians 3. Yep, yep. But, I mean, it's not like James Gunn isn't going to land on his feet. No, he so. will. It's just, he, he, this is, he, you get the sense that it's a passion project for oh, him. So absolutely. You just yanked his passion project. Which, yeah. It would be kind of funny if he goes to like DC or something and makes like a, a, an original property and calls it like, uh, protectors of the universe, a, an interstellar body. Uh, <laughs> um, by the way, did you bring your Blu-ray for interstellar? God, you forgot it. Damn ah, it. That's fine. That's fine. I guess I'll never give that movie another shot. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's, a shitty piece of news that sucks for fans of the mcu but i think that they'll be okay too um speaking of the mcu well actually let's uh, i want to talk about this real quick because um i mentioned it in the last episode uh that i will have released that hasn't been released yet as of this recording but um uh rotten tomatoes (laughs) Did you hear about them changing some stuff around? No. Or like for the first time in like 20 years or something, they're opening their criteria for, uh, reviews to, uh, that, that would like be counted toward the 
tomatometer. Um, yeah, and I mentioned this, so I'll just briefly run it down for you real quick. Part of the what they're going to open it to is podcast reviews of movies. Shut up. Yeah. Uh, there's a certain criteria, and once again, listeners, um, really need your help on this. <laughs> um, the criteria is like we fit all of the criteria except for one thing. So like it, you have to have fan podcast. base. Sort of. <laughs> you have to have podcasts for, uh, I think, a minimum of two years. Be consistent on average, like four episodes a month, which, you know, we take a couple of yeah. here and there. But, you know, um, and then a couple other things I can't remember that we qualify for. But the one is that you have to have a minimum of 200 ratings on iTunes. So we are at 41 ratings. Ooh, we got so, to uh, quote Matthew McConaughey from The Wolf of Wall Street, those rookie numbers, we need to pump those numbers up. We do, yes. So if you have an iTunes account, or you have family members with iTunes yeah. accounts, or you go to the Apple Store. Or you find an open computer in a library exactly. with iTunes open. Yes. Uh, you know, just click five-star rating. Like, that's all you have to do. You don't have to write a review or anything. Just click the rating. Um, and then once we get up to 200, I'll submit for Rotten Tomatoes. And then well, we're going to make this happen, guys. Yes. Post to your social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Let's get this exactly. ball rolling. Yes. We want to impact the tome- the tomometer. Tomometer, yes. Okay. You say tomometer, I say the tomato. tomato or, uh, the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why we need to be on Rotten Tomatoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> of classic humor like this. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so anyway, that's interesting. I don't know. Do you uh, pay close attention to tomato scores? Yeah, I, I do. Um, well, I don't usually use it as a method of deciding whether or not I'll see a movie. Sure. But I'm always curious to see what the uh, tomato score is once I see a movie or before I see it. Mm-hmm. There's a few times where I do use it. Like I was, I had half a mind to go see Slender Man, and oh, then yeah. I saw the Rotten Tomato. I was like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just too too low. Yeah. I'm not going to waste one of my AMCs on this one. Yep. So, yeah, I skipped out on, on – sl- so I, I do use it in that sense occasionally. But sure. for the most part, I just kind of use it to gauge like, well, what, what did everyone else think? Right. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the site pretty frequently. Nice. And see what I – like, I don't really use Rotten Tomatoes that much. I probably – should if only just to just to find like professional reviews of movies and read them. Right. Um I wouldn't take any stock in the actual like fresh or not, whatever. Um Well it kills me when people bitch about Rotten Tomatoes like they're biased. I'm like, you oh, guys don't yeah. understand what it is then. Right, exactly. It is a compilation <laughs> yes. of reviews. It's they're not reviewing the goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rotten Tomato, right. you know, <laughs> right. these reviews. Studios are paying him money to right. give them to give him good reviews on movies. Um, it's like you want to go back to that old <laughs> meme. That's not how this works. That's not how any right. of this works. Not how any of this works. Um, but yeah, but because uh, I do want because since I've been using Letterbox a lot recently and like actually writing out reviews, I kind of want to read more like actual professional reviews to kind of you know I don't know uh, hone my craft a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah. I used to write a lot for the website when it was a blog and podcast, but now it's, it's just a podcast. yeah. I was gonna say it. Yeah, I don't can't remember the last time you actually posted anything to the blog. Oh, it's been it's been it, over two years. <laughs> Over two years, which I'm fine with. So, like, my kind of uh, um, consolation prize? No, the uh, – I don't know. The 
whatever is that like now it's like okay now i have letterbox to scratch that itch because like if i were to write a review for the actual website it's like i have to just actually write it like write it out save it to to like actually like upload it and like put together links and yeah it's much more streamlined this way exactly this i can just crank out a review while i'm on the can at work and then um (laughs) good (laughs) not think anything less of it uh but yeah so uh but yeah uh Speaking of Letterbox, though, I you know I just I pitched it to you earlier. You did, you did. It's, you know, and it, it, it probably fell on, fell on deaf ears. So, I'm sure it so, did. I'm so. sure it did. Well, hey, you know, not, it's it's okay. Just you know, check it out if you want. It's All right. Cool, well, you know, one more piece of news item, though. Oh, yes. Uh, and I feel like you might be a little conflicted on this one. Okay. But I feel like it might bring some fandoms together. They announced Uh-oh. today that they have cast a Time Lord. And Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh yes, okay. I yes. So uh, yeah, that happened. Um, it, <laughs> Matt Smith has been um, uh, cast in a quote-unquote key role in Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, I didn't. I and also Dominic Monaghan was also cast in in uh, an um, undisclosed role. I like him, um, but that's uh, I'm kind of like yeah. ambivalent to that. Right. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like. It's literally the extent of the yeah. information that's out there. Right. But <laughs> yeah. you're going to get a doctor in the Star Wars franchise. That's true. So. That is true. Uh, and that is cool. I, you know, that, that's fine. Bringing fandoms um, together. Yeah. Do you have any theories about the kind of character he's going to play? I know nothing about Doctor Who, so I, I would have zero <laughs> theories. I mean, it's not like he's going to be playing the Doctor. <laughs> Maybe he will, you know? That- By that rationale, he could be playing Skynet from <laughs> Terminator Genesis. <laughs> uh, worst movie ever. Yeah. Not Terminator Genesis. It wasn't a great movie. I'm just no, implying yeah. that if that's the route that Star Wars was right. going to go, that would be right. the worst movie ever. Yeah, that's what would ruin no, the Star I, Wars franchise. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Um, there's... They've done such a good job of just bringing new characters into the franchise. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what he's going to be? Yeah. So, so we'll see. Yeah, I think he has the uh, facial features and demeanor of just a first order someone. Maybe you know, but maybe we'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we're not one to worry ourselves with conjecture. We just uh, we just criticize and and uh fret over the runtime of a movie when it's announced (laughs) it doesn't have a trailer for months before like months after it's even supposed to come out anyway anyway um check out towerjunkiespod.com but uh yeah uh so a couple things before we get into our actual review i have a standing a standing order within myself to see 2001 a space odyssey whenever i have the opportunity Mm. to in a theater so i think yeah. After our experience, I think that's going to have to be a as well for me. Yes. Because so, yeah, yeah. So so how? Because I talked about it with Mike uh, a couple days ago or a week ago on the podcast. Whenever I post it, but um, what how, what was your perspective on that experience? How did you feel about that? Was your first time seeing it that, in the theater? You know what? That was yes. It was my first time seeing it in the theater and the second time seeing it ever. Nice. The first time seeing it, which I still enjoyed the movie the first mm. time I saw it, but it was a standard DVD oh. on on my TV, which it's mm. fine, but it's just it doesn't do something like that justice. Like the, right. it's such a grand 
idea of a movie and it just plays out so much better to see it on a large screen, especially IMAX totally. with, and the sound, me and you talked about this shortly. Amazing. The sound is what makes that experience for me. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. the in sync ballet with the space stations and the shuttles is yes. just much more dramatic with the sound system in the movie theater than it ever would be in any home theater that I have or could afford. Absolutely. And so yeah. that, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause civil servants make enough money to make home theaters, right. rivaling, well, rivaling AMC. You're so hard that you have to miss Shocktober. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the experience just is amplified that much more, mm-hmm. and it just it blew me away. Oh yeah, so, you know the, the first time I saw the movie, it was like I said the the ideas are are brilliant in the, the, the of that of of itself, mm-hmm. but it's much more impactful when you have a delivery system as grand as IMAX. Totally. So that really just made the whole experience for me. Absolutely. Um. And yeah, the, this was, I don't know exactly what amount of times this was for me of seeing the movie itself. Cause the first time I ever saw it was like on a shitty TV, regular, uh, regular DVD. I think it was, uh, well, it was definitely obviously well before Blu-ray even came out. Um, and I saw it multiple times on DVD, various upgrades from T of TVs and everything. I got the Blu-ray and that was like, and a whole transformative experience watching it on Blu-ray. Right. Um, because it looks so good on Blu-ray. Um, but the weird thing is, is going through Letterboxd, I, I like, I have all of my movie watching logs in Letterboxd from like, since I started tracking in 2007, with the exception of, uh, 2009 being, um, a tragic year for me because I lost my, like, my, my note taking oh, that I had. No. Yeah. So I have a partial, uh, a partial log of 2009 that was constructed from, uh, ticket stubs I had. Oh my God. And cross, cross referencing Tiny's movies list from 2009 and picking the ones that we watched together. <laughs> so. Jesus. Yeah. So it's a partial, a partial reconstruction. 2009, the lost years. Right. But, uh, I believe that, cause I, cause for some reason, when I go onto Letterboxd and I find 2001 and I go and see like what all days I've watched it in Letterboxd, I only have, I think, four screenings and those are the four theater screenings I've seen of them. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, the first time I saw it in the theater was 2013. Uh, yeah, it was 2013, uh, like February 2013. Um, I think Indie Film Fest was hosting a screening of it at the IMA. And like, that was the first time seeing it on the big screen in the Toby Theater, which is a beautiful little theater. I've never seen, yeah, I've never been in it. It's, it's so cool. It's like very luxurious and just, it just has a good like energy to it. Um, but that was like, uh, they, they, uh, I think they, they originally had a 35 millimeter print. But it was too deteriorated, so they ended up just screening the Blu-ray. Right. Um, and then the next time I saw it was in 70 millimeter a year or two ago, two years ago, um, at the State Museum IMAX in 70 millimeter, uh, and it was it was amazing. It was jaw dropping. Um, you know, it, it yeah. I own it on standard Blu-ray, mm-hmm. uh, or not uh, just standard DVD. Oh yeah. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again unless oh, it's in a theater that's and that makes sense so and like because I, I i just 
it's not going to be the same experience. Totally. Like there's other totally. movies that I that it's I mean movies are always going to be better in a theater experience. Right. But there's always going to be, you know, big high-end movies that I can still watch at home right. and, and get a certain amount of enjoyment, but there's just something about that movie mm-hmm. that really is amplified by the theater experience that I don't know that I want to ruin by going back and watching it on a TV. I totally totally agree. <laughs> it's funny. I I totally agree because uh and then also the the other screenings I had was so I yeah, I've seen it four times in the theater because I saw it twice with A-List this past weekend and then I'll see it again next not this coming Sunday but the next Sunday. So the Sunday of the Brickyard actually. No. Um in 70 millimeter at IMAX at the Indiana State Museum with Tiny and one of my coworkers. Um, and it's, that's going to be, I'm, I'm super excited for that because that's the unrestored version that Christopher Nolan and his cinematographer worked on to basically he, they call it the unrestored version because it's restoring it to what it was like in 1968. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like it was, he supervised it and everything. And the State Museum is one of only five theaters in the entire country that has the ability to screen 70 millimeter print film God, yeah. in IMAX. I wish I would so brickyard. I know, right? So but yeah, I they're racing. I think they're doing it throughout the week though, so you may want to look into that. I can't. I'm uh, teaching a bike school that week. Oh damn. Well, I mean you could say that oh the the pod is kind of like a bike, so Yeah. It's like okay. alright guys, I'll, I'll pay for all four of you guys. Right. So yeah no jesus but uh but yeah so anyway so yeah that it's an amazing experience and i'm glad that you in, enjoyed it as well um i'm glad that it was ended up being a shared experience i know yeah it was so creepy because i was sitting there <laughs> and like like in my head i didn't i didn't communicate this to you but i like uh if you remember i was sitting in like kind of the backish row right and there was a seat to the left of me and then two people and then two people uh, <laughs> um, the seat that was empty next to me was actually the seat that I reserved, but I wanted to give a buffer seat because I didn't want to be awkward. Well, what what's with them picking the seat? Like that, that was an empty theater. And, and the weird thing is, is that like if you do that at like the State Museum IMAX, because I for for clarification for the listeners, we were at a, a theater on the south side, Southern Southern Plaza, um, a regular AMC theater. But like if you do. If you, since you can reserve seats at the State Museum IMAX, uh, they will not let you have buffer seats. Like, it, oh, really? It requires you to, like, fill Oh, I, I didn't spot. know that. Yeah. Um, but no, AMC allows that, but I'm just sitting there like, oh, like, what? Okay. Like, fine. that's literally the largest theater at the, exactly. at that cinema. And exactly. it wasn't a packed house. It wasn't. It was a Sunday afternoon. So these guys legit. Yeah. Knew where there was someone sitting there and then decided we're both going to sit next to this guy. And to be fair, I did pick the, like, that is, that is probably one of the most optimal yeah, seats because it is, it is dead center. Dead center. Um, but like what I was doing, uh, cause I was on my phone cause I just, I was there by myself. So I was awkward right. and I just want to look at my phone. Uh, one of the things I did was I checked the app to see if anyone had the seat that I was in. <laughs> um, <laughs> it turns out that there were people that had the seats next to like to the right. But I was like, I'll just see if they show up. I'll just stay here or whatever. Um, and then I get a snap 
And I open it, and it's like, <laughs> oh, shit, that's me. So you had sent me a snap yeah. of me in my seats. Well, it's funny because I was doing the same thing you were doing. I was there by okay. myself and then just kind of looking through my phone for mm-hmm. at shit. And then I was like, oh, well, might as well check myself in. Nice. I go, to the, I open up Facebook, and it says, Matt Hurst checked himself okay. in. And I'm like, the fuck he has? And I'm looking around, and I was like, there he is. So I was like, how should I do this? Like, oh, I should be awkward about it. <laughs> yeah. So I was afraid when I turned around because I was like, Right. Dead staring at him. I was afraid he was going to have that sensation of like, someone's looking at me, but I was able to get the snap off. And, I, I am not that perceptive. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because I just assumed that you, being a police officer, was like super aware of your surroundings just, and like noticed, like, oh, hey. I pride myself of not being a cop when I am not being gotcha. a cop. So I don't go into a theater and start scouting out everyone that's, here. That's fair. Who are the shady kids? characters oh fuck it's Matt. that's fair and that that is fair i uh when i when i clock out at work i don't go home and ask people if they want me (laughs) you want me to do your claims yeah (laughs) process their life insurance changes (laughs) knock on your neighbor's door hey uh do you have life insurance (laughs) oh god but yeah so anyway that was a fun experience and uh i was super glad that they had the like 15 minute intermission yeah Uh, i didn't i I didn't even think that that was going to be a thing because you mm -hmm. know it's not in a abnormally long movie it's right. like a it's a heartbeat past yeah. two hours so it's, it's two hours and 44 minutes so oh wait is it that mm-hmm. oh, i don't know if that's including I think the that's intermission included, or that's not. including the intermission that has okay. to be okay but yeah I, but I, still I, like but right a christopher nolan movie except for dunkirk is about as that long right um yeah so, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't unwelcome. No, no. So it gave me a chance to make my bladder gladder. And mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. Um, I haven't heard that expression. No. Oh, so um, you're welcome. It gave me the opportunity to refill my, my drink. Do you find yourself seeing, since you have a list, do you find yourself buying concessions more? I've, you usually buy a drink, though. The only know. thing I ever buy is a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I'm not a big candy eater, mm-hmm. so I don't typically buy uh, any of that sort of thing. And anything else that they have or is just not to be a health guy, but right. it's all carb loaded and grease filled. Yeah. And I, I don't eat that sort of thing. So, and yeah. As, frequ- as frequently as like you and I go to the theater, it's right. like if you buy like. Right. I mean, I'd be spending $25. Yeah. But, you know, I. I love Diet Coke, so mm-hmm. I get my gallon of Diet Coke, I drink it during <laughs> the movie, and I refill it before I leave. So, yeah, nice. that's I, I don't find myself buying any more mm-hmm. or less. Um, I I do find myself more apt to purchase a beer okay. if the bar is open because mm-hmm. of A-List, but other than that, not really. Nice. Interesting, but because of a list, like uh, oh, well, because you because know, beer, money, beer's ten bucks, and okay. you know, if I'm if I got a list, that's you know, I'm not spending twelve bucks on a ticket. So I'm like, fuck it, I love beer, okay. I'll have a beer. Nice, so nice. I may have to, I may have to try that next time because uh, yeah, because I think I told you and I said it on the podcast. So I apologize for the repetition, but uh, when I saw Solo, I got like the specialty You're, drink. Yeah, it's like fucking fifteen bucks. Yeah, I. And besides those specialty drinks, if you know anything about bar mixology, they're low on alcohol and high on just sugary. Sugary, and, yeah. And, and not, and I'm not saying that as a, you know, proponent of anti-sugar. I'm saying that right. it's just you're just you're buying sugar water exactly. and you're paying a lot of money for it. So, yeah. but if I get a blue moon, it's always blue moon and mm-hmm. it's delicious. Yeah. So, well, uh, that solo drink is the only reason why I would have said that solo is a, a heart pumping, heart pumping <laughs> experience or. 
What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Compounding experience. Because of the price tag on the drink? Oh, no, because of the sugar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not because of the movie. But anyway. Um, Agree to disagree. Yeah, well, Opinions. Opinions. Yep. yep. Um, but yeah, so covered that, covered that, covered that, covered all that. Um, yeah, so I thought I had something else, but uh, screw it. Oh, well, with 2001, mm. I would just say this. Oh, yes. The, oh, uh, the, worm, the wormhole sequence mm-hmm. is so much better lived in a theater experience than it is on totally. TV screen. Like when I saw it for the first time on TV screen, like I get what, where they're going with it, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of like, okay, we, like, all right, let's check let's, your phone. Let's wrap this up. But in the yeah. theater, it's, it's mesmerizing to mm-hmm. a point where it's just, you don't want to look away. Totally. And so I, I am, I enjoyed that sequence infinitely more in that, ex- mm-hmm. in that atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. Like it's, Incredible. Um, and also made me think, and this might be a good, like, uh, hypothetical question, but like going back to what you said about like how you watch movies and like the format and everything. Um, the, like, as I was watching that second viewing of 2001, I was thinking like, huh, like, I wonder, like, just, just, I, what other movies are there that I want to see in the theater? Like, as much as I can. Um, Jurassic Park for me. Oh, nice. I, I have seen that in the theater numerous times. Mm-hmm. Every time they re-release it, I'm there in the theater. Nice. Me and Cassie went to go see uh, Jurassic Park at the <laughs> Symphony when they had the orchestra playing. That's awesome. And that was fantastic. Um, so Jurassic Park is just one of those movies. It's one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. I still get goosebumps watching the movie, and I will... Anytime they're like, hey, we're releasing it for, you know, a day and a half. I'm like, well, I'm there. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Jurassic Park and any, mm-hmm. any of the original trilogy Star Wars movies. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, I like, I kind of like, I have kind of a list. Um, uh, we, what? Of, yeah. Um, basically like I dark tower. No, uh, I well, it. of course. Um, <laughs> but question. Oh, yes. Say, because they would never do it. Right. Say they did say, hey, this week only we're going to be showing Dark Tower and, you know, in the theater. Would you go? I would absolutely see probably Slender Man or <laughs> The Happy Time Murders or something else entirely. I would not. Cause you bought it, though. I bought it. Because on Tower Junkies, we were doing a commentary track on it. Okay. Fair and enough. also, it is Dark Tower. I'm a consumer or whatever. But I call bullshit. Uh, I think you'd go see it. No, I really don't. I well, really don't think I would. We'll never find out because they're never going to re-release <laughs> right? it. But, um, uh, Unless yeah. it's going to be a Rift Tracks. Oh, that would be interesting. I would do. I that would, would see that. I, I, would, I would see a Rift Tracks live right. of the Dark Tower. But, um, but yeah, so... Although I did, uh, I listened, I just recently listened to another podcast review, the dark tower and they mentioned, uh, what, how did they phrase it? Uh, the, like they were, they were down on it cause it, it's the fucking dark tower. Right. And none of them had read the books or anything. And like, it was, it was the podcast was comedy film nerds and they were going on about how it's it, like, they were sympathetic to like my plight (laughs) they're like it's just such a bummer because you know i know that people are super like big fans of this but this is what they got right it's just terrible but they said like this one like zinger was so like holy shit this was good uh good well and anyway they said um 
there's a scene where Jake tells Roland, or Roland asks, asks Jake if there's guns and bullets on his world. And then he's, Jake just looks at him and he's like, you're going to like Earth a lot. Yeah. Um, and then one of the guys on Comedy Film Nerds was like, yeah, a black guy with carrying two guns. <laughs> he's going to get shot by the police immediately. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Yeah, I thought that, that's really good. That's funny. And depressing. But, um, Quit knocking the police, nerds. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so movies I would see in the uh, theater. Uh, yeah. Uh, so like, cause I've been watching movies kind of in the background while I'm working on my phone. Um, and like, there are movies that I'm like really eager to rewatch because like 2001 kind of brought this out of me. I was like, ah, I, you know, watching this makes me really want to watch like Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049, Alien. And some other like science fiction, like visually stimulating movies. And I have digital copies of all of those. And I'm like, I don't want to watch it on the, my phone when I'm like in the middle of working and I can't like. No, there's the experience. Right. There are certain movies where I only watch in, under certain mm-hmm. formats. Like I won't watch it on a computer or an iPad. Or right. Anything. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but to see movies in theaters, I would see like, like, Alien, Blade Runner, Blade Runner, twenty forty nine. I would love to see forty nine, twenty forty nine again. God, the yeah, oh yeah. Um, Back to the Future, uh, That's The Shining, like watching watching two thousand one. Like there are specific like things that. Kubrick does that's like, you know, just like loud, but I don't know if I'd say bombastic, but just loud music. Right. Just reminded me of like, oh, he, he does some of that. You know, you're going to get your chance with The Shining because I'm sure that when they release the sequel to it, there's going to oh, be some yeah. special screenings for the original. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I've already seen The Shining once in the theater at uh, Keystone Arts. Keystone. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I would go see Shining in the theater. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, another one that. It's one of those movies that I only watch it out of appreciation for the effect it gives me, but I kind of hate time. watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of hate watching it is The Exorcist. Oh, interesting. Like that, when I first saw that as a kid, that had a profound, horrifying, uh, effect on me. That. And it still to this day does mm-hmm. watching it. It still creeps me the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And, the occasional time that they actually re-release it in the theaters, I do go to see it mm-hmm. because it to see a movie and have that so, that much of an effect on you is a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. And while it's not entirely that I enjoy that effect, I appreciate that it can give that effect totally. So I will oh, go. Yeah. I'll probably go see it if they re-release mm-hmm. it in the theater, and I'll, I'll lovingly hate it right but i'll appreciate it at the same time oh absolutely and it's funny because uh, kind of on a similar note i recently bought the digital version of hereditary on voodoo and the second that i bought it i was like because because like that's it's going to be on my top 10 list for the year man i um did you did you ever see it yeah okay i liked it oh yeah but i didn't love it Interesting. And I, and I know that you and Mike, mm-hmm. and I'm sure Mike fucking raved about it. Right. But I was kind of bored. Interesting. Well, there are certain moments in it that like the second that I bought the digital version, I'm like, Oh, I'm really excited to, you know, revisit this and everything. And then I was like, I'm terrified to watch it again. Not, I, not necessarily because like, Oh, it's outright like, Oh right. God, I'm scared of this moment and everything. It's like, it's a different type of fear. It's a visceral, like, 
emotionally scarring experience for me because like I was just so in tune with like the the grief angle right. and how like the, the grief, characters were. Don't get me wrong; their performances were mm-hmm. amazing, and I get where people have such a uh, strong reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I just thought the witch did a better job. That's fair, and I haven't seen the witch since the theater, so I need to revisit. I watched theater. it again last year, and nice. I, I think it does a better job and mm-hmm. in a much more succinct way. Interesting. So I just mm-hmm. that, that was my opinion, and That's fair. so yeah, yeah. But it's funny because like I bought Hereditary, and I was all excited uh, to watch it, and I just kind of thought about it. And I was like. I wait a while, so I watched, I rewatched Blockers instead, <laughs> which was super fun. Yeah, that's a good and not movie. emotionally scarring. So, um, no, I, I, I'll, I'll revisit Hereditary, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't expect it to change my opinion. That's so, fair. But um, anyway, anyway, uh, yeah. So should we review this? Yes. Movie? Let, let's get on to yes. the reason that we're here. Yes. So Vanilla Sky. I'm going to read the plot summary courtesy of I am Debe. I am the yes. Um, uh, Vanilla Sky 2001, Cameron Crowe, starring Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, uh, no relation, uh, Cameron <laughs> Diaz, uh, Kurt Russell, Jason Lee, and, uh, other people. Uh, Timothy Spall and Tilda Swinton are in it. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, Tilda Swinton's like, small role. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, Michael Shannon. Oh, I was gonna bring that up. Yeah. I was gonna bring oh, yeah. that up, yeah. So the plot description, courtesy of IMDb, is a self-indulgent and vain publishing magnate finds his privileged life upended after a vehicular accident with a resentful lover. I wouldn't call it an accident. I wouldn't either. Um, so, uh, of course, we're going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler review for Vanilla Sky. Uh, so, Fekis, this was your first time seeing it. It was. What was your, what was your knowledge of the movie beforehand? Like, so, it's funny... In college, I had a buddy that uh, tried his hardest to get me to watch it. Okay. It lent me the DVD, all this stuff, and I just never got around to it. And not because I didn't believe him that it was a good movie. It mm-hmm. just, I I don't know, it wasn't on my radar. Sure. I did, he didn't even tell me anything about it. So coming up to the time where I first watched it last night, mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything about nice. it. I just, I knew it had something to do with Tom Cruise and relationship. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, that's... That's Cameron Crowe. Right. So right. I, so I, you know, came into it with an open mind, but I really had no expectations as to what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a really yeah. interesting way to go into it. It was the best way to go into nice. this. Like, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, from the director of Jerry Maguire. Right. Comes this in Elizabeth Town. In Elizabeth Town. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh yeah, so that that's that's the best way to go in. Absolutely, it. yeah. yeah. Um, it really enhanced my experience. In this nice. Movie. I I was in an interesting position because I watched it. I have vague memories of watching it when I was in like like freshman year of high school, so like back in like two thousand two thousand one. Probably two thousand one since oh, it, was it was released in two thousand one. Yeah, so it was more likely two thousand two two thousand. No, we're there. Um. <laughs> so back like like. June twenty seventh, back in the day after I was born, I watched this movie. But back in like two thousand one, two thousand two, um, I watched it, and I I think that it was more like, uh, kind of I was kind of in my uh, like surface level movie watcher phase. Sure, yeah. 
I wanted to, like, I loved Fight Club, so I wanted to find other movies that would be kind of mind-fucky. I'm not going to take a tangent on this. I'm okay. just going to say my piece on this. I was very disgruntled about you and Mike talking about how <laughs> Fight Club is, you know, it's you, the edgy. He's like, Fight Club is still a good movie. I, Shut up. And, and it's funny because in the episode that I recorded with Mike this week, we do talk about that. And I do mention, like, yes, it is a good movie. But when I was a fan of it, uh, and again, sorry for the repetition, right. listeners, but... When I was a big fan of it, like a huge, like it was my favorite movie, that was more like, uh, oh, this movie is so edgy and cool. Like, like, cause, and like, it's a different line, appreciation for right. it. Right. Like, one line in particular is like when, uh, Tyler Durden's like, the things you own end up owning you. Like, when is I'm it, like a 15, a... yeah, when I'm like a 15 yeah. year old kid, it's like, oh, that's so, that's so cool and everything. It's like the height of my consumerism, right. saving money <laughs> right. through the week to buy a DVD at the end of the week. Right. Like, I'm I'm not that anyway. Yeah, peace anyway. has been said. Yes. So uh, listen to the last episode for more thoughts on that. But um, uh, but yeah. So I had just vague memories of it. I knew that there was some kind of twist involved in the plot. Um, I couldn't remember exactly what it was. So that was a fun experience. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's cool. Um, and then also I just knew that it had to do with Cameron Diaz being obsessed with Tom Cruise. So. That was the extent of it. So it was an interesting kind of uh, uh, entry point for me to rewatch it for essentially the first time. Especially with giving a new perspective on life in general and a new appreciate and a more yes. mature appreciation for storytelling. You know, anyway, absolutely. So. Yes. And I have a cat now, so and, like, yeah, so the you, line about uh, seeing each other in another life, life when we're cats, like, cats, yeah, that's just like boom, yeah, it's like that's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so overall thought, like, kind of in broad terms, like, what did you think of the movie? What did you think of the performances, like, ideas and concepts? Uh, broad terms, I really enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this, basically because I came into it with no expectations, and it turned into a movie that is right up my alley to begin with. Something where just you're you're kind of trying to decide, is this is this really what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. Am I misinterpreting this? Did I miss something here? So it, it was really... You know, I, I have a habit of always being on, you know, some sort of device or something. I'm sitting at home watching sure. TV or, or watching a movie. I got about halfway through this thing. I was like, what am I doing? I threw my computer aside. I was like, I really got to, I got to, I, I got to really watch this here. I, honestly, I, yeah, that same thing happened to me. Yeah. Like, I rewound a couple of scenes because I just happened to like, like clear a notification on my phone and I like, I missed a piece of dialogue. I was like, no, I want to, I want right. to it back and see what they said. Now, performances yeah. wise, there wasn't a bad performance in the lot. Okay. Like first, first of all, I'm an, an unapologetic mm-hmm. fan of Tom Cruise. Right. Personal life aside, I think he's fantastic mm-hmm. in movies and I think he does a great job in this as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cameron Diaz played the psycho obsessed, uh, girl. Perfect into a T, and Penelope Cruz couldn't have been better as the cute, adorable, mm-hmm. uh, easy to fall in love with yeah. character. Totally. So, and I will say this: mm-hmm. Jason Lee being in it what blindsided me, and it made me realize <laughs> how much I just love Jason Lee. Nice. I I miss him in films. Me, me I really too. do. Me I, too. I really wish he would do do some more stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he. I love him as a as an actor. And especially in this role where he's playing like the the best friend character. Right. Like 
That's so up his alley. It like really is. Like Jason Lee so will never good. be a leading man, right. but for what he does in, in films, he's fantastic at. Absolutely. And I just, I it made me miss him all the much mm-hmm. more. So yep. And it was fun. Michael Shannon looks like a fucking infant compared really to does. what I like. I I could not believe that was Michael Shannon and at first. And he's playing like a tough guy CO character, right? Too, so and like he even, doesn't like Michael Shannon now. You right. would see him like. I wouldn't fuck with that CO. Yeah. Michael Shannon in this movie, you're just kind of like, I know that's Michael Shannon, but <laughs> yeah. he does not look intimidating right. to me. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, totally. Um, and I tweeted this, but the the mask that the, Tom Cruise yeah. wore, nightmare fuel for me. Like it That is. So it, creepy. it is super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because I do want to touch on, like Tom Cruise, I'm, I'm a fan of his too. Um crazy batshit you know personal life aside um until until tweets be become uncovered from the past where he makes jokes i'm not going to uh to disown his his career or anything but um he uh i kind of felt like this like this i'm watching this coming off of watching the all of the mission impossible movies in quick succession. So I have like movie star Tom Cruise in, in my like short term action memory. star action movie yeah. star. Yeah. So seeing him in this cerebral, uh, thriller drama, mind bending kind of, uh, uh, crazy movie was a bit su- not surprising but um there was a little bit of disconnect with me with his performance like there's I could weird- see that I mean there's at- some yeah cuz you just got done watching six movies where he is nothing but an action star right. taking the charge yeah he didn't scale a single like like building he didn't and no. what the heck i mean yeah. what the stupid movie all around yeah. who decided that we were right. going to watch this knowing that Tom Cruise did not scale yeah. a, a building. He didn't fly a single helicopter. Um, but anyway, uh, but like there's some weird, like there are some weird things that he does. Like, like the club scene where he's like dancing in a, in a weird way. It, I can't really put, are you talking about the, it? when he, when he goes out with Penelope Cruz? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And he gets really drunk on the Patron shots. Yeah. 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 Um, it's just, it was peculiar. It was like, I think it was supposed to be though. Like he's sure he's going through a complete mm-hmm. mind fuck at that point, because this is like one of the first times he's leaving the house after his mm-hmm. accident True. and going in the public. He doesn't know how to act. People don't know how to act with him. He gets right. obliterated drunk. Mm-hmm. You've seen me obliterated drunk. Right. Do, do I make sense? <laughs> you, you don't, but you do. Like you do have a surprising amount of composure to yourself. Like you, like you compose yourself fairly well when you're drunk. I'm also not going through a traumatic. Uh, True, <laughs> but I I don't know. It just seemed kind of like, and this is this is maybe a cheap shot at Scientology and everything, but it kind of <laughs> felt like an alien trying to his, act his, like a drunk person. His thetan levels were off exactly. on that scene. You could just totally tell. Exactly. But uh, but I mean I didn't mind like it was a minor nitpick. Like it was right. some like some of it just didn't really connect with me, but overall his performance, like especially when it gets to it's more um as as he gets more confused about what's going on, like he like he Like the scenes like I thought in particular the scenes 
where it's going when he's confused as to who which girl he's with. Yes, I thought he was that fantastic. That there. was where he was the most compelling to yeah. me, and most that was where the movie itself was the most compelling and interesting to me. Um, I do want to mention early in the movie there is a party scene. Uh, it's for his birthday. Yes. Um, did you catch a cameo in it? Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that was that fucking came great. Out of nowhere. Appar- like, apparently it didn't. Apparently okay. they were about to start production on Minority Report. Uh, oh, that makes sense. So okay. uh, apparently okay. that was just kind of like a fun, funny thing. Nice. So, which I, I, I saw. That makes and, sense. And like, he's wearing his Steven Spielberg hat. Right. I mean, I'm like, I was like, that's, I was like, that's great. <laughs> it was Steven Spielberg at his most Steven Spielberg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what threw me at that? Mm-hmm. Spielberg, Steven Spielberg calls him a son of a bitch. And I'm like, does oh, Steven yeah. Spielberg say that? Right? Does is is he say that? Well, to be fair, he did have a little kid in E.T. call his brother Penis Breath. So <laughs> fair enough. There's that. But he, uh, but yeah, and I should have, I wish I would have thought of this when I said this, but when you said Steven Spielberg, I'd have been, I should have been like, no, Johnny Galecki. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, pizza. Hi, pizza. I yeah. heard Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, kitty. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I, what else can we talk about in non-spoilers? Non-spoilers. Really um, yeah, I know. I was going to say this is a very, uh, I, w- I will say Kurt, this. Kurt Russell. I, Kurt Russell was, yeah. He, yeah. Kurt Russell was really good, especially when you kind of get the gist later on as to what aspect of, mm-hmm. uh, his life he's supposed to be portraying. Yeah. It actually becomes a lot more, even more convincing and compelling. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed Kurt Russell, although I was distracted by, uh, Kurt Russell's uh, sports jacket, which far well, far too big for him. Right. I, I, I don't know why I was focused on that, but I'm like, that, that, that is not the right size, Kurt right. Russell. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, I look, Kurt Russell, I've always been a fan of his, and I thought Me he too. did a really good job in that, I need, in that role as well. I need to go back and watch more of his work because like, like, there are some pretty big Kurt Russell movies that I've never seen. But I've never seen Big Trouble in Little China. That was the one I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Um, but he, like, it was just kind of weird because I, I, what I've seen him recently, like, I watched, I rewatched Tombstone. So it's like, and like, when I watched Tombstone, I was like, oh, yeah, Kurt Russell's great in westerns. And like, he was in, um, uh, Bone Tomahawk and, and I, I haven't seen Bone Tomahawk I, and I really wanted good. to. You know what my favorite Kurt Russell, uh, role is, is, uh, Death Proof. Oh, yes. It's, oh, he's amazing. He's in great that. in that. Yes. Oh, he's great. But anyway, uh, I was just so in the like Kurt Russell Western mindset yeah. that I was like, oh, he's not in a Western. He's not. He Where's your mustache? Yeah. yeah. Um, but another thing, like I, I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was very interesting and, and, uh, like it kept me on my toes. It got, it took a little bit to get me into it. But once, like you said, once he has those kind of, kinds of flashes yeah. that's, that, and where it's really like messing with them, that's where I got more hooked into. It. I was into it right when he gets in the car crash. Okay, because like Cameron Diaz nails mm-hmm. that character, like especially she really and, does, and she does a great job in that mm-hmm. car scene. Oh yeah, and I I've always enjoyed Cameron uh, Diaz and, mm-hmm. and stuff, uh, but man, she really it drove. To me, she drove it home, especially in that car scene. Like, Literally, yeah. <laughs> God damn it, yeah, uh, yeah. She she was just phenomenal in that mm-hmm. in that scene. That that car scene in particular, the transition from fun, flirty, mm-hmm. manic. I'm going to end this right now. Like it was, right. it was great. 
Amazing. And so having not seen the movie before and not really having that much like uh, thought of, about going into the movie or anything or much in knowledge of it, did you were you aware of that scene or had you seen no. that scene at all? Interesting. I was, I, I, That's I, so interesting. Like it when um, it happened, I was just like, oh shit. Right. I wish I could have had that experience because like that scene, like I've seen like clips of it on YouTube multiple times. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's like I've a never, pretty never popular scene. And, uh, I now, wish I could have had that experience. Because, and when, when the, before the scene starts, I'm like, what are you doing? Don't get in that car. Right. What you, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing good can happen to you getting into this right. car. It's like, stop it, Tom. <laughs> but yeah, I, it, when it, that car went off the bridge, it's yeah. kind of like, fuck. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> One thing that I kind of, uh, one fault that I could find in the movie is that I felt like the, and I guess given the concept of it, and maybe this is more for spoilers than anything, but it seemed like it played a little fast and loose with, with time. Like, I didn't get a good handle of how much time had passed. Like, there's a scene. Like, time passed between what between points any, of time? Any scenes, really. <laughs> I, there's, there's one point where I, I I agree with you on that. And is it where Jason Lee says something? No, okay. it's it's at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, and it was probably because I was still dicking around on the computer. Sure. The night that him and Penelope Cruz had, mm-hmm. I was thinking that that was developing over a long period of time. Oh, and until I until I realized, oh, they're still wearing the same goddamn clothes, right? Uh, but for some reason, I had felt like that montage of events that are happening within the same night was taking place and kind of building a relationship. I can definitely see that, like having that interpretation of it. If you, if, uh, and that's is most likely just because I was, you know, half paying attention mm. to my computer as well. You uh, may have had to have opened your eyes. I may have happened to abra yeah. mis ojos. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the the original movie is actually available on Amazon Prime, so I might check it out. Uh, I'd be curious to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the trivia for that is that uh, apparently, um, <laughs> uh, I guess like an anecdote about it is that Tom Cruise was on the phone trying to get the rights to to remake that movie or to like the the rights to make that movie again. Um, as the credits were rolling on his first viewing. Of oh, it. no shit. Yeah. Like that's apparently the original writer was very was. impressed with, uh, vanilla, Can- Sky? vanilla sky. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Apparently nice. he, th- first of all, like I read, he was honored that someone li- loved it enough to want to interpret it. And he looked at it as another band doing a cover of, of song they love. That's cool. And that's- I was like, I really like that interpretation. Yeah. Of that, so also uh, Penelope Cruz is in both, both movies. Oh, is she? Yep. It- playing the same role. Oh no shit! Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so she speaks Spanish? I I believe so. Okay. Yes, I want to have guessed. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise speaks Spanish. <laughs> um, but but no, the passage of time in the movie, like I just can't like because we get the car crash and then suddenly we get like like his face and everything and and it's it jumps around a lot and I guess well I think that's kind of the kind point of, there. It, it is, but like. When we get to a point where Jason Lee is having like an, an intense conversation with him, like like the culmination of their of their uh, kind of conflict in the movie comes out, and then like Jason Lee says something to the effect of "All this time you've been holding that back," and I'm like, 
wait a second, how much time has it been from the party scene to that scene? Like, how much time has literally passed in the movie? And I could not for the life of Well, you have, to, you have to figure that his multiple surgeries and right. healing process probably took the better part of, like, months and months, if not a year. And I totally agree, and I totally see that. I just feel like the movie didn't really communicate that. Maybe not, but... Yeah. but Maybe can, they're acting, asking the audience to be a little smart about the healing process, Matt. <laughs> Well, I mean, we're it's a it's a world with uh, well, I don't want to get into spoilers. So, uh, with with that, so never mind. Um, but yeah, uh, really, that's. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I'll. Uh, I'd be curious to see it again. I I, I kind of have to see it again yeah. because there's. I, it's one of those movies that I'm sure there's certain things mm-hmm. that I've missed, and knowing what actually went on. Mm-hmm are going to make a lot more sense in the second viewing. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to have to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Um, so should we go into spoilers? Yeah, we should go okay. into spoilers. Sweet. So uh, we're going to go into spoilers for Vanilla Sky. I'm going to play a clip probably from the trailer or maybe that scene with, with Cameron Diaz because that was awesome. Four times, um, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> When you, when you when you do it with someone four times, that's you, making a promise. When you swallow body. their cup, yeah. <laughs> that was funny. That's gonna, that's gonna be our interpretation of the trailer. For the movie. <laughs> Open your eyes, well, honey. I'll call you later. When? Don't say soon. I hate it when you say soon. Soon. You slept with Julie Gianni again, didn't you? Julie's a friend. Sometimes we sleep together. You can do whatever you want with your life, but one day you'll know what love truly is. What do I owe this pleasure? The pleasure of Sophia. I would spend the rest of my life with that girl, man. I am not going in there. Oh, yeah. Good night. My heart going All right, we're spoilers on. Spoilers on. on. Sky. So four times with Cameron yes. Diaz, Tom Cruise, you beast. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, that goes to that just goes to show how tough a life Tom Cruise's character has. Yeah. Um, he is a uh, a, a mogul, um, and he had sex with Cameron Diaz four, four times, times in one, in night. one night. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, spoilers. So. It, Lucid dreams, all that stuff. The uh, the the one thing I will say about uh, the scene where Penelope Cruz comes to him at the uh, after the the him making an ass of himself mm-hmm. at the party, and then him when going, he's laying on the street, right? Okay, and when she comes up and says it worked, I fell in love with you, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like the intentional distortion in the sky just makes it a little too obvious at oh, that point. Interesting. See, I didn't pick up on it. Really? I really like, didn't. It was just very, interesting. very too vibrant. Well, at that point, I, it, the movie was so uh, scattered in terms of just like things that things that happen. Like, like we get like the car crash, and then he's immediately like in this weird like he's in like i think it may have been central park i don't know but he was in like a park with penelope cruz and they were talking about his face and his arm and then suddenly he's like back to back to that so it felt like the movie was jarring and jumping around a little bit in the time like his uh kind of the frame story of it is him talking to kurt uh russell so like i was kind of i was preoccupied with trying to 
make the chronology make sense in my head to pay attention to it. See, uh, once, once the part came where she comes to him in the morning on the street, it, it became abundantly clear to me that some, obviously everything is not what it is being mm. shown to you. And for whatever reason, this is not really happening. Okay. And I didn't know why mm. it wasn't happening. I didn't know if this was psychosis on, uh, Tom Cruise's character's part that he's mm. living a new life in his head. Turns out, yeah. I mean, he was, but not in the way right. that I thought it could have been. But I just thought at that point, it just made it a little too obvious that, okay, what it, whatever this is, isn't real. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. And that's interesting. Like, I thought for a while, cause like, I kind of had a rough idea of, of, like a rough memory of, of how it ended. I knew that it had something to do with it. basically like, oh, he's been asleep the whole time or something, something like that. That's really Bruce productive. Willis was dead the entire right, time. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, uh, knowing that I, I knew that obviously something was off. I couldn't really piece together what it was, but I thought that, um, it would have been interesting if it was about, like one of the theories I had or one of the memories that I thought might have been the case was that like the facial reconstruction, uh, reconstructive surgery was like fucking with his perception. Right. Like, that's why like, and I thought that might've yeah. been one of the reasons too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Well, for whatever reason I, I knew it was, it wasn't happening as in real life. I just, at that point sure. didn't know. So there was still a surprise aspect to me right. when it turns out that he had involved himself into this. Uh, yeah longevity the, program right which the way that that comes to line we're jumping ahead a little bit because that well first first let me ask you this when you say that it that signaled to you that something wasn't quite right or it wasn't real or whatever did that dampen the experience for oh you? not at all it, not, okay. not not at all i just at that point it was a task on my hand i was sitting mm-hmm. here trying to piece together what is really happening mm-hmm. what's going on why is he why is this not real life right and at what what parts of it is. Mm-hmm. So it didn't ruin the mystery for me. It just made abundantly clear that this is not reality. Right. Okay. So no, it didn't ruin anything for me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So we kind of come to find out that he has, like, I really liked the way that everything was, was explained kind of at the end. Granted, it, <laughs> um, it explains it kind of it kind of runs the risk of over explaining a little bit because it goes beat for beat like this is exactly what's what's going it on. It does. But I love the concept of it that yeah. he that he basically uh signed a contract to have them spl- like have him I guess cryogenically frozen or whatever um to do the lucid dream thing and splice him into that particular point of his life so that he could create his own dreamscape and everything um and i just love the inclusion of like showing that like okay well at this point you know penelope cruz wasn't really in love with you because you just met you right. one night and so this everything else is just a construct of your mind i thought that was a really cool concept and uh really kind of uh uh emotional too because like he it, downs a bunch of pills and stuff like yeah i was gonna say you, you really get uh the punch in the gut just like yeah, yeah he he pulled his life together mm-hmm. to a certain extent after that horrible night at the club. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he took charge of his company again. He, and, you know, he, he got back that, you know, he, he kept the seven dwarves at bay right. and was able to keep controlling power of the company that he was left. But mm-hmm. it, in, in the end, he just couldn't take the pain yeah. of the, 
aftermath of the car crash, and that's mm-hmm. it, it, that's rough, you know. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And it's it, you sympathize too because mm-hmm. how many people could be strong enough to oh could, totally to live that life with hor- horrific headaches and mm-hmm. horrific uh, disfigurements. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially when, like in his case, he's a character who he his entire life has been a privileged life right. that, and like I mean, he's fucking Tom Cruise. He's handsome as shit. Right. So like, and I want to like the, the IMDb uh, description kind of made it look like he was kind of a douchebag. I didn't get that vibe. Like I thought he was, yeah. Like I, I thought he was. So what? He's a young business guy. He, he's been handed business. He's yeah. young and he's enjoying his life. Right. I don't see a whole lot wrong with that. He like he didn't seem to treat people like assholes or anything like that. He really didn't like that. Kind of is exemplified by uh, his interaction with Timothy Spall's character. Yeah. Like that, I thought it was really nice and really cool. Um, but I think an argument can be made that, you know, he kind of, well, he does treat Cameron Diaz's character kind of badly. Yeah. You know, because he, he is kind of playing with her emotions. Right. So I, I will give, I will give that. Yeah. I will give that. And he's, you know, hitting on. Yeah. That, that was pretty shitty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was really shitty actually. Yeah. Um, in like, I love that line where Jason Lee's like, uh, said something. Oh, I love that line. What did he say? Yeah, so uh, line was so memorable. Uh, you can't have the sweet without the bitter. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Like that. Like it really just kind of showed like what that character is. That Tom Cruise's character. He's like he hasn't had a hardship in his life. Right. Like his the worst thing that he has going for him right now is he's Cameron got a Diaz. super hot girl that's yeah. obsessed with him. Cameron Diaz wants to have sex with yeah. him. Yeah. Okay. Poor guy. Yeah. I'll jump on that grenade for you, buddy. Right. But uh, but stay out of that car, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he – that's one of the other things that I, I feel like the movie didn't communicate as well is that he was the, – the disfigurement – like, I get the sense that the disfigurement was supposed to be like a – a, a, a traumatic experience for his personal life because he's like he's a he's a handsome, he's Tom Cruise right. and everything. But I feel like the movie didn't spend enough time communicating that uh, because he's such a good looking guy, he had the privileged life. Because like it's touched on a little bit because Jason Lee says like, oh, you can have any woman you want or whatever. But I feel like they more explained that he that he was more privileged and entitled and everything because he had a uh company handed to him and that he has control yeah but you kind of have to i mean you know that tom cruise is a handsome individual so you you know that we we all know and i hate the fucking term but Mm -hmm. he does have that privilege right he does have the good looking privilege Mm -hmm. i fucking hate that stupid nonsense but did have to check his privilege there. He did have to check yes. his goddamn privilege. Yes. But so but it's obvious to the viewer that this is a handsome man right. and we all know that, you know, a, a strikingly handsome person mm-hmm. has a lot of fortunate things happen to him in the realm of ladies. Right. And also I guess I can I can retract that a little bit and say that it is it is kind of touched on a little bit more because Penelope Cruz isn't necessarily playing well, I guess she is playing kind of hard to get, but it's like this is his first experience, like sure. not like not having a girl the, just, yeah. you know, spread her legs immediately right. because he's a rich playboy philanthropist. Exactly. I don't know. He's a philanthropist. I don't know. Either. <laughs> he's rich. I'm sure he sure, is sure. involved in some yeah. philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You know what he doesn't do is he doesn't donate to the obsessive viewer, which you can do at patreon.com. He does not. 
He should um, rate you on on uh, iTunes. He should. He should. Yes. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, and and like, uh, I want to be clear. Like, I'm I'm bringing these not up as issues that are damaging to the movie per se, because I still really enjoyed the movie. It's just there were some things that didn't connect as as strongly as I would have liked them to. No, I, I can I can uh, I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had a minor gripe, it's. Mm-hmm. I did really enjoy the twist that mm-hmm. he has been cryogenically frozen, uh, kind of in time pretty much mm-hmm. and living this, uh, life in his mind. Mm-hmm. My one complaint, and maybe it's a complaint that will no longer be a complaint if I, on a couple of extra viewings where I notice things, but I felt like it was a very out of left field answer that it, I wouldn't have been able to be led there throughout the clues in the movie. Yeah. I, oh, May- I can definitely see that. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe mm. there was things that I missed on the first viewing. I, I honestly don't think so because, like, well, they, I mean, they did talk about Benny, the dog, like on three different occasions they about did. the cryogenically frozen dog, but, but they that's kind of a up, jump. Right. Cause they didn't bring up the lucid dream. No, they, of it until true. The, until the very until end, until the reveal. Right. Um, so like, I, I think that it kind of sets the viewer up to, uh, play that like, Oh, guess the mystery game. But it, it purposely leaves yeah. out enough information that you, I don't think you could fucking guess. What no, I, I, I like unless you fucking wrote the film, right? But yeah, that that's a minor gripe on my part because I do like to to kind of pick up the crumbs of mystery sure. and kind of try to solve it before the the movies end. And it's just there's no way I could have solved that. Mm-hmm. And le- again, unless I miss something, right? But and that's that's a minor gripe because I did yeah. really enjoy the payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. And as far as the payoff goes, one thing that I do kind of wish. Well, I, I'm not going to say I wish that it ended this way, but yeah, Star Wars fan, a way that right. Uh, really, they shouldn't have had any women in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but says this white male. They, but you know, um, they're putting another black guy in it. <laughs> oh God! But anyway, uh, something that I think would have been more um, that would have enhanced my enjoyment of the movie more. Um, which it sacrifices the somewhat happy ending for the character. But I wish that, uh, in the, in the roof scene where, uh, 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 Kurt Russell is explained to him like these, like, this is crazy. You can't, you can't jump off, jump off the building cause you'll die. Like, right. like this is, they're crazy and everything. Like, I wish that they would have kept that ambiguous. Like I kind of, you I wanted to make it so kind of like inception, like, which sort is, of, yeah. Like he jumps off the building and then that's it. Right. And then you don't know if it's real or not. But on the other hand, when when that one guy tells him like, "Oh, what are your kids' names?" and this like I love that shutdown. Yeah. I was like, okay, that is fu- that is awesome. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that if you you can't keep it really ambiguous and still get mm-hmm. the the very in depth explanation. Right. So I that's, you have to give fair. you got to give up one, and I kind of yeah. I, I like the way. I like the explanation, like right. So I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think, and I'm all for ambiguity and in, mm-hmm. in the films. I love those types of films, but you know, I, I I don't think it works for every film. Right, I I agree. I think I'm just more partial to the Im- ambiguous ending. Um, but I mean, this ending worked well. Uh, let me ask you this: the last line of the movie, where where you hear someone say, "Open your eyes." Could you tell if that was Penelope Cruz's voice? I couldn't tell. Okay. Um, cause I played it back a couple of times and then 
I kind of thought like it would be, I don't know if this is the intention or not, but like, I kind of wish that it was like, again, ambiguous or whatever, because it would be kind of cool if it's like, was that Cameron Diaz's voice or Penelope Cruz's voice? I did have that same uh, thought process in my head. The first time that he wakes up and it's Cameron Diaz instead of Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz, I felt like I was hearing Penelope Cruz's voice coming out of Cameron Diaz. Oh, interesting. See, and I, I, and I yeah. don't know if that was just me confused about the scene mm-hmm. or if I, if I was actually hearing that. And if I was hearing that, I love that effect. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was just my own subconscious fucking with me. Maybe it could be. Yeah, it could so. have been. Yeah. Well, I hate to break it to you, but yeah. this isn't actually, really happening. It's not really happening. No. In, in uh, fact, I I love those scenes in particular where it became uh, Penelope Cruz or Cameron Diaz because highlight of the movie. For absolutely, me, aside from the car scene. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. those scenes were played out fantastically. Tom oh, Cruise yeah. did an amazing job mm-hmm. reacting to it. Cameron Diaz did a great great job of just playing the what the fuck he done. Right. So yeah, those those scenes were fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the scene where he wakes up and like he wakes up and, uh, after the, after his face has been reconstructed and everything and he turns on the light and it's all fucked up again. And like his scream, like, oh, that yeah. was amazing. That was perfect. Um, like just in those, those moments, cause there's like a couple of those moments where he's kind of freaking out a little bit about that. Um, just that really was the, was really, um, helped the kind of, main plot of the movie it's like you know a dream state like right it it really uh added more i'm sure on repeat viewings it would add more context to that because you know that it's a dream sure and everything. um i do know this yeah. if anything ever goes bad in my life i'm just gonna start running down the street yelling tech support oh yeah yeah, yeah. and just get that <laughs> shit taken care of quick right, right. Yeah, let me know how that yeah. works out. Um, <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I I did love like I had a hearty laugh the part where he's having the discussion with the doctors mm-hmm. and they bring out the prosthetic face oh, and they're yes. giving all the explanations. Well, this this this. And he goes, "Oh, I'm glad that's it's all that because here I thought it was it's a, a fucking, fucking mask. mask." That was amazing. I was dying. That was that was that was really yeah. really good. Um yeah, so uh yeah. Anything else really to oh, oh. talk about? I think we might be good. Yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, because uh, I know that uh, Robert, the Patreon subscriber that um, suggested the review, uh, he is a huge fan of the music in the movie. And like, there's both a good mixture of needle drops in the movie, of licensed music. Well, that's kind of Cameron Crowe anyway. Yeah, and that's, that's a fair point, yeah. Um, and then also some good, like... Uh, um, scores as well, yeah. like scored music. Um, did you pick up on like, like, did it affect you in any way? Not, it, I took it as a Cameron Crow movie. Mm-hmm. I, I expect that at Cameron Crow. So while I find it enjoyable, I wouldn't say that it like had a, a great impact on me. Sure. I, most of the, most of Cameron Crow's films have a very distinct, uh, score of hits from, you know, the past and kind of rock kind of stuff so i yeah it was great but you know it wasn't anything out of the ordinary that that i didn't expect that's fair yeah i uh i enjoyed it um quite a bit myself yeah um yeah so i guess that'll be our review of vanilla sky um 
hopefully it was uh, satisfactory. As I, I would say thank you to the uh, to Robert. Yes, because now I've be got clear. to watch. You're referring to him and not yourself. Right? Yes, that would be That'd awfully be vain of me. Uh, yes, the the Patreon subscriber Robert. Um, yes, because I had not seen this movie. Yeah, it gave me a reason to watch it. So yeah, and uh, and uh, uh, not to, not to feed your ego or anything, but he <laughs> did quit feeding. I I did say like, oh yeah, this will actually work out well because I can get I can get someone to like cover for Tiny because like Tiny and I are doing uh, the uh, um, Castle Rock stuff on Tower Junkies, and then. Um, I was like, so I'll get either like, I'll, I'll get some, I'll get a guest on or whatever. And then he was like, oh, kind of, kind of secretly hoping for Fekus because he and I like right. phrase it, phrase it the interesting way. Cause he said that his, uh, whenever you're on your, uh, your thoughts on movies kind of seem to line up with his fair uh, enough, fairly frequently. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Sounds like he, you got good taste in movies then. He, and he does, he does. Uh, yeah, he said, I always love his thoughts. They're pretty close to my thoughts on most movies. So, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Yep. So, yeah. So, that'll do it for our review of Vanilla Sky. And, uh, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I forgot to mention at the start of it that it is currently, as of this recording, available on HBO Go. So, if you're listening at this point, you already know that it's, you know, uh, you, you've listened to the spoiler section. Yeah. So, um, it's still a, a movie worth watching. Totally. Totally. Um, all right. Well, that will do it. And then I think we're going to wrap it up with probably a quick potpourri section because I got to get to bed soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll do, we'll do like one section of potpourri for per person here. Per person. Per person. Uh, yeah. So for those first time listeners, potpourri is a section of the podcast where we talk about, uh, we kind of wind down and talk about something we've watched or something we're looking forward to, you know, just whatever we want as long as it smells good. Um, yeah, so, and also, <laughs> now that if you've skipped over to the potpourri section, uh, Vanilla Sky is available on HBO Go. <laughs> um, but, uh, Fekus, potpourri, do you have any, um, I don't, I don't want to, uh, um, no, here it comes. Be, <laughs> I don't want to be, uh, um, accused of, of pulling your strings here. Ah, okay. Or, uh, or uh, being like a puppet master or something, but uh, I'll talk about what I want. I'm okay. not your puppet. No puppet. No puppet. This is a Trump reference. Oh, he said it in the debate. Shit, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh god, I'm gonna have to cut out that long pause. So I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesus. So- no Trump. But I can see where you make that mistake. Boom! Oh I'm joking. I don't really think that. Oh I don't really think that. It was I funny. I am totally cutting this around. Fekas, <laughs> um, what are you bringing Okay, up? so uh, I, wa- I went to go see The Happy Time Murders, mm-hmm. starring Melissa McCarthy and various uh, voices for puppets. Actually, Maya Rudolph's in it, too. Oh, nice. So, and I, I like Maya Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of those, if you don't know... Um, the Happy Time Murders is a movie kind of set in the vein of The Muppets or Sesame Street with humans interacting with puppet characters. Kind of think of like a puppet version of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, if mm. you will. You know, humans and puppets living in coexisting in a world where each are, are acknowledging the fact that both are 
either humans or puppets. Okay. And in this world, um, it is following a particular puppet that is a private investigator, mm-hmm. and he gets involved into a series of murder investigations. This particular puppet used to be a police officer, and his partner was Melissa McCarthy. So they okay. team up in the movie to kind of solve these these murders. Okay. So it's supposed to be funny, and I guess it is sometimes, but it just it should have been a lot funnier than it was. Like there was a couple mm-hmm. of moments here and there that I laughed out loud, but just nothing that just had me in stitches. Like call me juvenile, but I actually absolutely love Sausage Party. I think it's a okay. it's a fun movie. I think it's hilarious. It's toilet humor, and I mm-hmm. it, I think it's funny. I think that. They try that same concept here, and while it works at times, they have some a good couple of concepts with uh, like sexual scenarios and puppets. Okay, not not all of them hit on you know hit hit on high notes. Like it, sure. a lot of it falls flat, fell flat for me. Um, I would not have seen this movie had I not been an A list subscriber. Yes. I but I probably would have waited till it was on like Netflix or Redbox, but. Mm. <sighs> I guess if if you got an hour and a half to kill when this comes out on DVD or something, it's worth it's worth a watch. You know, some people found it more entertaining than I did. It was okay. I think the consensus is that it's pretty garbage. Though. Yeah, it, um, it's not great. Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth Banks was in it too. Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot about that. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, also, doesn't add much to the movie, but she's in it. Sure. Yeah. Um, another list that I have on on Letterboxd is the movie that I watch on with a list, and I'm tracking like like the mountain stuff and everything. Nice. So just just letting you know, letterbox.com/slash obsessive viewer. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I've I've kind of toyed with the idea of seeing this movie, but I don't. I like don't know if, if you I if you have an extra a list and an afternoon to spare, mm-hmm. I mean I. It's an hour and a half. See, and I think that I would have seen it had like 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 it came out at an inopportune time because I was like like this past weekend I was like I could see Alpha the Happy Time Murders or I can see fucking 2001 again. Yeah, you really should have gone with Happy <laughs> so, Time Murders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that the movie of the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah, well that's that's a bummer, I guess. You know what? It could have been better if it actually had musical numbers. It doesn't have any musical numbers. Interesting. And you, you kind of, you kind of think that that goes hand in hand yeah. with like Sesame Street or the Muppets. Right. But it just, I, it was a missed opportunity mm-hmm. there. So, wow. you know, it was directed by Jim Henson's. Son. I I do know that. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, Sesame Street either threatened. A no, they sued. Or, okay. Like the story behind this is that. There was an advertising tag on one of the trailers and right. posters that said, uh, no sesame, all street. Yeah. So, some, some to that effect. And yeah. so they, they sued and it got thrown Jeez. out because it's stupid. Right. But you know, it's, I, I mean, I get what the, I think it was funny tag. Yeah. I, oh yeah. So, but yeah, Jim Henson's son is the, uh, is the director. And so I can appreciate that aspect of it, but yeah. you know, it's just could have been better. It had the concept had a lot of potential for someone like me because I would have dug something right. in that vein. R rated comedy, right? Yeah. Stupid puppets, inter- right. yeah. I, sausage party, yeah. So you know, it's that's all you need to say is sure for me. So, but yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, whatever. I, I'm not out anything. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and you're a normal person, so you don't track your A-list stuff <laughs> or anything, right? I don't. I do not. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, no, no, yeah. So, for my potpourri, I've actually, man, I've watched actually a lot, uh, recently. Like, I honestly, I, I would have to go back and double check and everything, but I can say with almost, almost total confidence that July and August, have been two of the highest like movie watching months I've had since I can remember really in terms of like tracking my movies. Um, certainly the two, like the most consecutive, like the, the most, <laughs> the most consistent over two consecutive months of movie watching or like most high. I've watched a lot of movies. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yes. So, uh, not movies match watched last two right. months. Uh, so let's see. I, I have a bunch that I could bring up. Um, but you know what? I'm going to throw out this one. Have you seen AI artificial intelligence years ago? Same here, except that I saw it again, <gasps> like two nights ago. And the movie's interesting just from, from a production standpoint right. because Kubrick and Spielberg. Exactly. So like this year, like I've been, and this is going to be kind of a fun kind of experiment for, or maybe not experiment, just a fun little weird game that I want to play with myself. Yeah. But um, keep going, Matt. Yeah. Um, let me tell you about how I'm going to play with myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but, uh, Cooper, quit playing with yourself. <laughs> Uh, this year so far, cause on Letterbox, not to, not to belabor the point, but I have the pro membership where I can have stats and everything. And one of the stats is like most, most watched like actors and most watched directors and like product, like the whole crew and everything. So like with, um, <laughs> actors, it's kind of skewed because I rewatched all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So like that's basically all the actors are just all, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, actors, but directors. I've watched nine Spielberg movies and five Hitchcock movies. Interesting. Yeah. So I think my my goal or this little like game that I'm gonna gonna uh, be a part of solo uh, <laughs> for the rest of the year is I kind of want to make a point to watch more Spielberg and more Hitchcock. And see, like, see, like, who wins at the end of the year is more the most movies. The I've most watched, watched movies. Yeah, um, I've been actually thinking about doing that exact same thing with uh, Scorsese. Oh, nice! Oh, I I need to uh, revisit a lot of Scorsese and and kind of refresh uh, uh, myself on his work. But also, like, all his movies are like super long, though. It seems they are. They are this. Um, you got to dedicate time. Yeah. But, um, but, uh, yeah, so I watched AI. So the, so, uh, the production history is interesting because Kubrick wanted to make it for years. And I think I heard somewhere that, like, one of the stumbling points is that he wanted to, he wanted to cast an actual robot <laughs> in the role. That, that is the about technology. the most Kubrick thing that I've exactly. ever heard. <laughs> but the technology just wasn't there. He'd still berate it and make it do 99 takes. <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I have, I should have read up on, on the production history and everything, but basically after he passed away, Steven Spielberg made it. It was at his, um, it was at Kubrick's request. Oh, was it? it okay, was. nice. 
So Spielberg made it, and this is an interesting movie because it's got Haley Joel Osment. It's um, a movie about basically Haley Joel Osment is the first uh, AI that's been created that has the capacity for love. And it's the really interesting thing is that there's a series of words that the mother that owns the the robot uh has to say to the to the to the AI to the robot um it's like a one time thing like it's there's a big point made I got cat hair in my mouth. Um, <laughs> there's a big point made that like, okay, they have this, they have this child. So like the couple, the couple have experienced a tragedy in their right. life. Um, so they have this child that they got from the company that the dad works for. And in order to kind of activate it, once they make the decision that they're going to keep it, she has to say these words to imprint on, <laughs> to imprint on, on him. She might scratch you up um, to imprint on him so that he will like have the capacity to right. love, basically activate love mode. Um, <laughs> and it's irreversible. There's no way to, to, to counter it. So when she does that, like he's, it's a very touching moment because she's like, he's like, I love you, mommy. And it's very, like Haley Joel Osment is amazing in this movie. I do remember him like, knocking it out of the park. Oh yeah. It's, it's an incredible performance. Um, but shockingly enough, there are some issues that I have with it. Um, that I feel like Spielberg almost dropped the ball a little bit. Um, cause it, it's a pretty lengthy movie. It's like two and a half hours. Um, it spans a long time frame, and the first hour of the movie is all about the home life with, with the parents and, right. and the robot. Um, which is interesting. It's an interesting dynamic and interesting, uh, plotting and everything. However, Spielberg did a very unspielberg thing in that he from from my taste he did not really develop the family unit that much like they introduced that the family that the couple has this tragic thing that they have sons in coma right yeah yeah and they don't even really communicate that all that well like i thought that the the kid was dead um but then again, I guess I guess it did it did make sense that he's in a coma, judging from how they showed it. But anyway, um, yeah. So and then the kid wakes from the coma, and that causes some conflict. Right. There. But like, I just wish that they spent more time developing like like the reason that they have uh, 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 David uh, Haley Joel Osment's character because. I feel like it would have resonated a lot more when the the plot turns to where he's he's going to become a real boy. Um but other than that like it was it was I don't know. I uh like they didn't he didn't establish the mother and father characters well enough for me. And also like it just plays with some different ideas for like the world. Like the world building is really interesting, but um but I feel like it plays with some ideas that, that don't really have like a lot. He doesn't really develop them a lot further. It touches on some ideas that doesn't really do much for me in the long run. There's so a I, lot of things. I, it's been a while since seeing, but there are a lot of themes that play in that movie. Totally. Oh yeah. Um, and it's like, I mean, it's fine. It's uh, overall, I thought like visually it's impressive. 
the vision of the future is impressive. I do. <laughs> Hilly Joel Osment's performance is amazing. I remember when uh, me and my brother were watching that years ago, and they're at the point where Haley Joel Osment and Jude Law's character mm-hmm. are at the the like robot destruction zone, yeah. like with like kind of like the demolition derbies with mm-hmm. robots. And P- my brother Peter was like, "God damn it! Even in the future, hillbillies are fucking hillbillies." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And yeah, he's, he's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, it like, and Jude Law was, was great in it too. I, I thought he did, a, he did a good job. Um, but also I feel like he was just kind of there. I, he didn't have much in ter- like in terms of characterization, really. Um, like there's one thing that, happens to him early in the movie that does not get paid off or is that the uh, the part where he the husband comes and yes. murder yeah so they don't resolve any of that not ever that i remember because like, I, I like i said i it's been years i do remember that but yeah mm-hmm. if there's i feel like that's one of those things that you should probably readdress at some point right. like oh, this yeah. man's trying to frame a robot for murder yeah oh yeah so, yeah but it's not paid off and then the I respect the, what it kind of happened, like the last half hour is all this interesting kind of science fiction thing. And I appreciate it. And I think it's interesting and compelling, but like, I, I don't know. It just, it, I mean, it, it did have a lot of heart because it, it played into like, uh, David's kind of dreams for, for what he wants to be and what he wants to become. Um, and like that was, that resonated with me a little bit, but it kind of just, it kind of just went off, like it. It kind of went into a, kind of went waded into the deep end, is what I'd say. Um, like at the end, yeah. It like just, it, because it does a like. He, doesn't he get frozen and yeah. it gets found by hyper advanced AI beings. Not exactly. It's like legit aliens. I I disagree because really? I had this debate with with people. I think those are ultra high end AI. You know, I don't think they're alien. You know, that's, it could be either way, honestly. Cause like, and now that you say that, I can see that being the case. Cause it's just the way the dialogue is. It's, I mean, it, it's speaking as though it's like, you know, they're visitors from another planet. Like that's the way that I interpreted it. See, cause but it makes sense that if they're, I, had, me, I think me and Peter had this debate the first mm. time we saw it. And then I went to my art teacher, uh, mm. uh, whom I always talked to film with in high school. And I was like, Hey, look, those are hyper advanced AI. And my art teacher, Mr. Larry hurt was yes. Those, those are, those are AI. Humans are gone from the earth, and the only thing left is the remnants of artificial intelligence, which continues to evolve beyond uh, what they were built as. Uh, Larry Hurt. Larry Hurt. He yeah. has since passed. I. It's it's interesting because that it actually I was having uh, lunch or something with Ray, and like because his girlfriend went to yeah, Ben Davis. That's right. Yeah, and like that, like that came up in conversation, so that just kind of oh, threw me out a little. Interesting, bit. but yeah, um, no relation. Uh, in case anyone was wondering, nobody was wondering. Yeah, well, I, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, we actually kind of got into spoilers. <laughs> That's <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, I I just thought it was interesting. It, it was uh, it was an interesting movie, and I enjoyed it. However, I will always like. I don't think I can. Um, 
I can really watch, or um, I don't know, I can't, I don't think I can really think of the movie without wondering, like, I wonder what Kubrick's vision of this would have been, like, it's, what he would have done. Well, what the movie became was quite clearly a Spielberg movie. Yeah. And it would have been a completely different movie had Kubrick been able to finish it. Absolutely. So um, it, it was more of a passion to a friend thing for Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So it's, it got made. It was Kubrick's last parting piece of art before mm-hmm. he left the earth. So it's right. And like, I, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I just kind of, I, I will always wonder, wonder that just in, in the fact that it is, you know, Spielberg taking the reins and it's a Spielberg movie. Um, there are some like, visual like kind of ideas that are explored that that feel like a kubrick kind of thing um but for the most part it is a spielberg movie which is why i was disappointed in the fact that the the parent characters aren't really that fleshed out or like sure. the family life isn't yeah because he, he, he's out. always that's his bread and butter right really. yeah especially you know fatherly relationships yeah so. exactly um yeah, so that's that's AI. That's my potpourri. Um, check me out on Letterboxd, though, because I have been writing a lot of reviews on there. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, Letterboxd is pretty cool. Just yeah, I hear, I hear it's, it's good cool. stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Mike's a huge fan of it, so. Oh, well, yeah. Mike's a yeah. huge fan. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I'll go ahead and get you signed up. I'll no, no, that's good. No, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Why don't you pay know. my subscription yeah. fees too? <laughs> it's 19 bucks a year. I, I think I owe you that for one of the Star Wars movies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's our episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so any parting thoughts before we, before we go? I can't wait to see The Predator. Oh, nice. I'm actually somewhat looking forward to it. Yeah. Shane Black and Predator. Mm-hmm. Well, I I'll see that and then I'll have I'll have to have you on. We'll do a review of okay. it. Okay. I'm yeah. I'm super excited. Yeah. It uh I'm cautiously optimistic. Some something about uh Keegan Michael Key's delivery of the of the joke in the trailer, the hey if your mom's yeah. Like vagina was would be like rated E forever. It, it was a I I love game. that joke. It was it's, a video game be rated E forever. It was a good joke. It's it's like part of me is like okay, it's it's all in the delivery because he commits to that joke. <laughs> he does, and it's so funny to hear him deliver it that way. And the other part of me is like, but man, that's that's kind of rough. Like it's it doesn't have the refined like it feels. Yeah, because like the first not, predator was extremely refined. And that's the other part of it. This also. will tell you turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaur. <laughs> yeah, super refined. And that's another thing is it also feels like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger threw a knife at somebody and told him to stick around in the first movie, Matt. That's (laughs) not refined comedy. Okay. Well, first of all, we have very different (laughs) definitions. Uh, but yeah, also doesn't, uh, is it just, am I thinking the right thing? Is Jesse Ventura that says pain don't hurt? Yeah. No, he doesn't. I don't got time to bleed. Oh, that's what it is. Doesn't someone say pain don't hurt or is that another movie? Uh, It doesn't sound like I, I don't think so. I'm going to Google that real quick. Um, I ain't got time to bleed. You got time to duck? <laughs> oh no, that's from Roadhouse. Yeah, never, oh, okay, never seen yeah. Roadhouse. I've never seen Roadhouse either. So why did I think? Why did I have Roadhouse? Roadhouse. All right, so look forward to our uh, review in sometime soon of uh, the Predator, and then uh, also I'll be reviewing. I think next week I'll be reviewing uh the Meg. 
and searching uh, with Kirsten. So is searching now? It this weekend. Okay. Yep. Uh, very much looking forward to that. I wasn't. Now I am. Oh really? Yeah. Reviews have got me. Interesting. The trailers have kind of. I'm I'm a huge John Cho fan. I, I love John uh, Cho too, yeah. but I it, they had that horror movie that came out a couple of years ago that unfriended. was kind of, yeah, and yeah. to me it just looked like kind of like a more refined unfriended, mm-hmm. which didn't interest me. But now that it's like getting such great reviews, I'm like, well, I gotta, gotta go. See you know, it. honestly, unfriended dark web, the new one, it actually was pretty good. That is the opposite of what I read. Oh really? Yeah. Well, you can check out my review on that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I was just very pleasantly surprised. Fair um, enough. And that was another. That was one of those movies that's like, if I didn't have a list, I would not have seen. Right. Um, so yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. Not going to make my top ten, but it was it was good. Fair enough. But yeah. So right. anyway, yeah, that'll do it. I have to uh, pee and go to bed. So I got to go home and have yeah. a bourbon and go to bed. So, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you once again, Fekus, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, hopefully at some point I can get your Interstellar Blu-ray so I can watch it. Maybe. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I just—it's been four years. I need to shit on it all over. Again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. And once again, go to shocktoberinnerington.com and buy tickets, and uh, come to Shocktober Irvington, please. Um, and yeah, and also follow me on Letterbox, all this stuff. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Obsessive Viewer, presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. 
Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.